This is Football CFB, the home of unique football content. I never told you You scared off the vultures I never told you You scared off the ghosts living in my head That lay lonely in the dirt That I am over the moon to be joined on CFB today by the executive producer of Sunset and Vine, Grant Phillips. They have worked a lot with BT Sports, not only in their Scottish football output, but I'm sure most of the listeners, if not all the listeners, will agree that BT Sports' coverage of the Scottish game was superb and will continue to be superb because we're getting Scottish football weekly and that's not going away, which is great news. First of all, Grant, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks very much for having me on. I have to say, you must be, you must be scraping the barrel. I, I read that you've just interviewed Henrik Larson, so I really hope I'm not coming after him. <laughs> the, the first question I've got for you is all about BT Sport and, and the coverage of Scottish football. As I say in the intro, for me, it was very refreshing. I like the fact that you didn't just have the presenter and, and one pundit or two pundits. I like the fact there was normally four. There was um, debate seemed to be encouraged and there was lots of passion from the, the guys and, and, and the girls that were, that were on as pundits. Just how did you and your team come up with the idea of making it light-hearted at times but also an entertaining show? Well, that's nice of you to say and um, it's good that you... Good that you noticed. Um, I mean, I've 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 been working in TV sport for a for a long time, and I've worked for all the main all the kind of main broadcasters, and you know the personnel on screen changes, of course, and some you like, you know, subject to business, you like some better than others, and what have you. Um, but it was always kind. Of, I always kind of felt it was a pretty similar format. Um, you know, um, so when when we were given the reins to do this. Scottish football and 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 the autonomy really from BT Sport to go and do something as much as they were watching, <laughs> make sure we were on the on the right track. Um, I I just you know I we put, first of all we put together a team and then secondly we put together a, a production team rather and then secondly of all we put together a an on screen team, um, and so we were really you know we were really well served with Daryl who not only presents the show but he also you know he's got loads of ideas and he's up for things you know that you know I can have the best ideas on the planet or indeed the worst but um, if your presenter or your or your lead folk and they don't fancy it then then uh, then it's not going to happen so he, listen Darrell was up for it he he recognised his profile would only help and we've we'd worked together on uh, previous things at ESPN and Satanta so we knew each other pretty well and I think there was a good level of trust so um, so we put together a production team and a on-screen team, and we just decided that we would um, do it slightly differently, shuffle the money around a wee bit, prioritise certain things over others. And I, I always, I always felt, I always feel, and particularly nowadays, it's a big ask to ask people to switch on ages before. There's a huge spike in audience figures when the teams walk out the tunnel, and and then it drops off at the final whistle. So. 
our task, our task is obviously to make that bit the best it can be because that's a big priority. Um, but also make the pre-game show and the post-game show interesting enough to make you want to stay. So that was a, that was a big onus that we put on our guys on screen, and we we asked them to we asked them to come to come to work well prepared. Um, and it's you know everything's laid on a plate for everybody really. I mean our stats man is David Gillen is unbelievable. He knows things that um, no many others do. So all all we asked them to do is read the papers know the stories, do a bit of digging themselves, use their own contacts, find out things. But to talk about, and and then I suppose it gets to the, it gets to the subject matter and everybody was into the subject. We're all fans, all the production team are fans. If they weren't working on the matches, they might go to the games themselves. Some are Hearts fans, Celtic Rangers, various teams. Um, so, so that was the basic premise. The, the basic premise was everybody come to work knowing what they're about to talk about. But then no subject is off the table because a lot of the times, and I've been in meetings myself and people are worried, oh, we might upset them and we better not do that and we better do And I said, let's, to hell with all of it, let's just talk about what the fans are talking about. And and hopefully that kind of combination, that kind of combination, everybody ultimately bought into it. Um, and and, and I, th- I think the viewers, you know, I've, not re- I've been involved in a lot of things, as I say, but I've not really been involved in anything that, seemingly as popular I have to be perfectly honest with you you know people not so much me because they wouldn't know who I am but you know Chris Sutton or Coisty or Craigs or Michael Stewart Gordon Strangler you know Rory Derek Ray before him so all, all these guys would always get everybody telling them how great they think it is so it was it was great because it gave us good confidence to continue on that path You mentioned being well prepared and organised is Ali McCoy as late? Uh, uh, is he late as much as as Chris Sutton winds him up about? Oh, he's later. <laughs> um, he's he's some man. I must say. I mean, to be fair to Ali, I don't know if you know him or have met him, but as he is on the telly, he is in real life. I mean, he's the most engaging guy. Funny. He knows everybody, um, or everybody that comes to say hi to him. He seems to know them, or he maybe pretends he knows them, but he. He is exactly as he is, um, but I oh I I mean to be fair he's learned he learns he was, wasn't he one for rehearsing so he would turn, I mean sometimes he would turn up just after we were on here which was uh, a bit awkward for Daryl given that he had a big Rangers question to ask him or whatever and he had to then divert it to Chris so it looked a bit odd on TV but I listen you'll see how popular Ali has been down the years both as a player and subsequently as a pundit. Um, and he's, I mean, he's now on absolutely everything. He's riding about 12 horses at the same time. So he's, he's, uh, oh, he's definitely late. But you know what? Honestly, it would be very difficult to do one of these shows to, without him, you know, because I, he, he had a, he had a while away from the punditry for, you know, he, he had some serious jobs to do. And then he took a wee rest from it. But now he's back and he's actually on absolutely everything. So he's, he's tremendous. And, and he, he, offered a good balance to Chris because obviously Celtic Rangers are the main stories in Scotland <clears throat> and it's important that there's an element of balance and somebody that can challenge him, you know, because um, Chris has got strong opinions and all of which were encouraged, you know. You mentioned the fact Chris has got strong opinions and I'm sure he would he would admit that himself. In terms of off-air, is, is Chris someone who would come to yourself and others with ideas or would he 
wait for you to give him the ideas because he seems like someone who, when he's got an opinion, he, he will definitely air it. Um, I, I mean, with resp- I mean, we wouldn't, we wouldn't really impact anybody. I mean, you know, I wouldn't be asking MD to say anything. I mean, that equally, I've been watched, I've worked on shows down the years. It probably even happens now that the, you know, producer or the head of sport or or whomsoever might have trying to have an influence for one reason or another. But to be honest with you, we didn't do that at all, ever, not even once. Because, you know, if Chris, Chris would sometimes come to me and say, what do you think? Should I go left or right? Or he might, you know. But, you know, and, and decreasing, that decreased over time because he was a bit uncertain at the start. He obviously wanted another gig. <laughs> so he was maybe engaging me a bit more. But, but um, with respect to their opinions, they, you know, they know much more about it than all of us. I mean, I suppose sometimes, sometimes you just cross a line a little bit with respect to our regulators and things like that, and TV, all the serious stuff that people probably don't realise. That you got to be careful what you say, um, to a degree. But he was, um, listen, I, I can't tell you. I mean, he, you know, he turned up on our stuff, and we used to do it with Peter Grant because we kind of felt that Chris probably didn't have a lot to say, if I'm brutally honest. Um, but my God, he's found his voice now, and I think he's. Um, He's he he has been an absolute both off air and on air. He's been a total delight, honestly. You, I mean, people will hate him for for their own reasons, I'm sure. But honestly, what a top guy and kind-hearted, and he, he would be thoughtful and he would uh, about what he's going to say and he'd be well prepared. You know, he would barely say boot a goose sometimes. Um, but he's a he's a top man. I can't speak highly enough, and and I think we've been very lucky to have the others because, you know, they should all challenge him and that's what they were all encouraged to challenge him, you know. And there should be a bit of turn and throwing and Daryl was great at that because he would let them all, he would let them all have a rammy and, and stoke the fire and whatever. And sometimes Chris might say, they would share a car on the way to the ground. Sometimes Chris might say he's going to say this or he's going to say that just to run it past Daryl what he thought. And Daryl would let him, he would let him away with it and then, Take the contrary point on there, so they all, they all, I thought they all worked brilliantly well together. And 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 listen, not to forget the role that Craig has as well, by the way, because he was Absolutely. he he actually knew the names. I think if you were if you press Chris on the St Johnson for one to eleven, they might he might refer to Google, but Craig actually knows it. It's all in his head, which is amazing. And one of the other things I want to discuss with you is the role of Rory Hamilton and also Daryl in the sense that they had a background, both of them in production before they went on air. How useful is that to yourself? Well, they I, they understand they understand the challenges to, to a degree. They understand the challenges, but they're also, you know, Daryl. I've known Daryl for a long time, and whatever he's doing is the most important thing in the world. <laughs> so, you know, he. He was in production, but he was very keen to go on air. And his, uh, he used to do a reporter's thing, and he was always keen to do interviews on the pitch as players were warming up and stuff like that, which you know has its place, I suppose. But it, it wasn't that engaging. But he was he was right into that. But he he has become the most accomplished presenter, very uh, good to deal with. Honestly, I can't speak speak Island, and you know, there's very rarely a word out of place. His intonation is good. His manners are magnificent. And to work with him, he'd always be there on time. And so, so with respect to your question, understanding that other people have a role within the production is really important. You know, there's plenty, there's plenty to think it's all about them. 
uh, maybe a TV and the fame gets to people eventually. But it's you know ultimately all of this stuff that we do is really showbiz to to a degree. And and so, but those two are a total honestly a total delight. Rory just Rory did a match with us recently. We've got a wee contract to another match. He did a match and he didn't have a monitor, and they didn't mention it. They didn't mention it till after. So obviously that's important because he needs to see what he's talking about. So. Um, the both of them are a total delight to work with, and hopefully that comes across. They, you know, they're exactly as they come across on air as chaps. Really good lads. One of the questions that again it may come across is, is a very obvious question to ask, but you mentioned the fact that there are lots of people behind the scenes, and I think it's important that those people are never forgotten because without the production staff, you wouldn't have the show, biz, you wouldn't have the show. Just how many people are involved on an average match day? Do you know, there's loads of them. There's, I think there's about, I think throughout, you know, um, throughout the chain, you know, there's a lot of people on site and then there's people in transmission and, and compliance people and um, heads of sport and finance people. I mean, you know, there's maybe, a hundred, maybe I would say a hundred folk on just one of our BT Sport productions somewhere. But, you know, if you were to do the FA Cup final, you'd maybe double that and you'd do, if you do smaller productions, it's less. But the, um, aye, there's loads of folk. And it, honestly, everybody's got a role. And that's why it's all, it all looks so slick and, <clears throat> hope, well, it's meant to <laughs> look so slick. But I think the biggest, the biggest thing that I could tell you, the BT Sport thing that we all decided we, how we would want to do it is to, is to represent the fans and, and their talking points and equally. So as much as we looked a bit, I say we, the guys on screen looked a bit daft sometimes with the rain and the wind and all that. It was, uh, you know, they were well covered. What you didn't see was the big heaters behind them and the, de- the heaters in the desks and things like that and hand warmers. And, you know, they were all as, as w- well looked after as they could. But what we tried desperately hard to do is to reflect what the fans were doing and reflect what the fans were talking. My pals, you know, everybody talks about journalists and they, I suppose journalists get a really uh, good um, access to various things and they know stories before people but there's nobody knows more than your pals I mean your friends know their team as well so we wanted to reflect that on here and to get as passionate about arguments and subjects as the fans would so we made the guys stand outside throughout the whole time in the freezing and I now notice you know everybody would criticise us about that to be honest with you we took a fair amount of criticism about the way that we were presenting it but I now notice everybody's doing it the same so that that gives it you know that's that's really quite nice, you know. That's, that was a that was good to see that everybody's followed followed our lead in that regard. And I noticed, um, um, you know, with respect to the pundits, we just added the commentators to the the commentary team to the pundit team. So, you know, it might look like there's millions of folk, but that that's how we did it. Whereas previously, they've all been kept apart, you know. But I noticed others are doing that now as well. So that's great. Well, that's one of the things that I'd said to you off air. I think that the impact that BT Sport had in Scotland, for me, is now shown and with other outlets. A, a lot of the aspects that, that BT um, were implementing, as you've alluded to there, are, are being showcased by other outlets. So that, for me, sums it up. Another aspect of what you were doing with BT Sport in Scotland, I have to talk to you about, is Scottish Football Extra, because... It's it's staying for the season ahead, which I'll be honest with you, as I'm sure you're aware and fans will, will say as well, when BT's coverage ended, I think all of us were absolutely gutted that that was going to come to an end. But how delighted are you that you've managed to, to keep it on air? Oh, but, oh, I'm absolutely beyond delighted. It's brilliant. I mean, I, listen, I, I think um, 
I think it's a it's to, it's a great credit to BT Sport for backing us. I mean, I you know I can't tell you how annoying I am when I've got the bit between my teeth. So I, I have been on the management case, the head of sports case, the um, chief exec case from the moment we lost the rights to say, listen, don't walk away from the the great PR and the that we have in Scotland and to be fair to them and there's a lot of demands on, on them there's a lot of demands on the channel airtime and budgets and all that stuff so to be fair to them they you know they've gone for it so and without rights it makes it a different show but doesn't it really because they just you know you don't need to remind it of the goal last week you can watch that somewhere else you want to hear the guy's opinions about Morelos or, or Lee Griffiths or whomsoever so I think um, and, and the great benefit that we have is not only not only have we got Craig's and Gordon Strachan's agreed to come on and Mikey and um, but Sutton Sutton and McCoy, who are you know I talked to my chairman today who are basically a modern day Saint Greaves. I mean, they, if anybody warrants their own show, those two do. I mean, it'd be absolutely tremendous. Um, so I'm I'm chuffed to bits, and it's good for our production team because we can chip in ideas, and you know we'll all have to be a bit more creative because I think. You know, we just need to work out how we do it because we don't have rights. So we need to um, uh, we need to see if we can get some big interviews and and so on. But I I, th- I think it's good and it's good to make some. You know, we need to tell people that it's on. That's that's really important because I don't probably don't know. Well, that's, that is the, the important aspect, and, and I'm sure when people are aware that the viewing figures will come back because it's a show that, as you've said, with the reaction the pundits get and yourself and even just social media in general, it's a very popular aspect of the production. And something that I want to discuss with you now is the fact that, well, the BT Sport you alluded to don't have the rights anymore, but the landscape has changed in Scotland as it has around the world because of coronavirus and a lot of clubs are now having to do in-house productions. You're involved in that with Sunset and Vine. How how are you how are you managing that and is it completely different working for a club per se? Um, well, they, they they've got they've got their own they've got their own ambition, of course, and their priority, of course, is to their own viewers, who are in this case the Celtic. We we've got we contract with Celtic. They've got um, their their priorities, of course, their season ticket holders. So. I listen. It's all different. Every production's different. Every show's different. Everybody's priorities are different. The demands and others, you know. But the success of BT Sport was we had autonomy, where where some things, um, where some shows are different, is that everybody else is, you know, they're very hands on. So, but re- with respect to Celtic, I mean, the way that I like, I prefer to work is that everybody has a voice. Everybody has an opinion. We all think we all watch telly. And we all think we know best, but. Um, you know, we 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 just made a commitment to Celtic that we will make attempt to make every aspect of it improve because I think in this time they need, you know, they I think they probably realised themselves they wanted to up their game a bit. So from our point of view, we wanted to improve the presentation side of things, the studio thing. We give a longer commitment to the show um, if people want to tune in. Um, we wanted to improve the match coverage, which is something that's dear to me. So. Hopefully we've managed to do that a bit. Um, we wanted to improve the commentary, um, which I think we've managed to do. So all, all of those things, um, all of those things, make. I, in my opinion, we just did one yesterday. I, in my opinion, it's a it's a really decent show. You know, we were lucky to have Jackie McNamara yesterday, who's first time back at Celtic Park since he was ill. Um, and Michael Stewart came on, who's 
probably a bit left field, um, as, as he's not got a Celtic connection. But, you know, all of those things, Jerry McCulloch, the presenter, who, who did it anyway. But, you know, we talk to Jerry and we tighten up the running order and we make it all a bit, try and make, move it around a wee bit faster. And then, um, but everybody, listen, every, and answer your question, everybody's priority is to make the best show that they can. Um, and we work together closely with, with Celtic to try and, try and achieve that. A lot of the commentators I interview talk about whenever they are commentating at a big event or they're commentating off tube, you're at the mercy of the match director. One of your roles is that you're a match director for the likes of FIFA, UEFA, CONCACAF, so many others as well. Just what does that role involve? Because as I say, the commentators always talk about being at the mercy of the match director. That's him. That's him looking for to blame somebody else. He's boy. Um, so the match director is in. I mean, it sounds like I do a million things, but the, the match director is in charge of the match coverage. So what you see at home is um, is down to the match director. So, and lots of people see it differently. I, I um, I'm lucky enough to be involved at the World Cups, which is a, a proper. These are proper big days at work. <laughs> you know, 150 million people watching our output, so it definitely focuses on mine. But the um, the match director's job is to agree the match spec, match, you know, match coverage, camera positions. Um, at the World Cups, maybe there would be 50 cameras or so. And I directed a match in Doha last year. We opened a first World Cup venue that, that they had actually built from the ground up uh, with 50 cameras. And some of the Scottish games that we do maybe have uh, 12 or something like that. So, you know... The, my task is to make make sure that people at home get to see what's going on. Try and reflect what's going on around us with replays and live shots and great images. And one of the one of the matches I remember, a couple of matches I remember. Excuse me if you can hear my little child in the background screaming. But we've um, we have I did the uh, Copa America final in New York. Some of my guys from here and girls. We um, and Messi missed a penalty. And I think Chile won it, and Messi was greeting, and he he retired from international football. So I kind of thought that's kind of quite a cool thing to have on my CV. But anyway, the week later he came back, so there you go. But he's uh, and and we did one match. It was a very special match in the World Cup. Just gone, Portugal played Spain. I think my team's right, yeah. And uh, Ronaldo, I think Ronaldo got a hat. It was an amazing game, one of the best, certainly group stage games, if not best matches in the World Cup. For a, certainly a long time. Um, so those those sort of things. The match director is a it's a high pressure thing. There's a lot of demands on you. You have to be have your wits about you. But it's amazing. It's a, an incredible thrill to do these things. Incredible, exciting thrill. Just before I let you go, Gran, in terms of your love of football, did you have any chance of making it yourself as a player? Well, it's a very sweet of you to ask me, but there's no sign of it. I was. Uh, I was especially good. I was used to run a team called Burnside Moons and Gladbach in the Caseline District League. But it was uh, it was a bit rough for us, so no, I, football was never for me. But I um, I was a ball, I was dead interested. I was always keen to be interested. We used to play all the time and all that. I've never got near been any good at it. But um, we used to um, I used to be a ball boy at Hamden for Queen's Park. That was really where it all you know, I my grandpa used to take us along to football as a wee squirt at, really tiny tot, actually two, three years old, to Hamden. So um, we used to watch Queen's Park for forever. And um, 
so that gave me a, an interest in it. My old man worked in telly. He was the editor of Grandstand for uh, for the network. So so those and my mum as well. She worked in telly. So those those kind of three things combined. I thought, you know, this would be quite good for me, and it's it's amazing that it's uh, it's come this far. They'll find me out soon. <laughs> One last question, and it's something that I've, I've spoken to you about on Twitter when we were going to organise this. You're an avid golf fan, so just how good are you at golf? Because I, I saw you were playing Tundra, I think it was last week. Well, if you'd seen me playing Tundra, you would know I'm not that good. But I got, um, I have very mixed days. Do you know, honestly, it's the most frustrating flimming game. But I've got, um, I've got a great love for it, and Scotland's blessed with so many. You know, you know. Scotland's blessed with so many amazing things. I would love to people to talk up more, you know. I'd love people to talk up Scotland because it's absolutely amazing. And the golf courses, we play tough. I'm lucky because my pals, I choose my pals carefully and they've all got good memberships at these courses. So um, one of my friends is a member at Turnberry. He asked me to play today, but um, I can't hear him talking to you. So um, I play off seven. I play off seven. There's the answer. But some days it's better. Some days it's much worse. And just before you go, Scottish Football Extra, as you said, is going to be here on our screens this year on BT Sport. Is there going to be a set time for it, just so I can we can tell the listeners? Definitely, 6.30, BT Sport 1. And if there's a live sport on BT Sport 1, we get shunted to BT Sport 2. But, uh, yeah, we've got loads of variety. And Emma Dodds, Rory Hamilton will be out and about. We've got Chris Sutton, Alan McCoy. Gordon Strachan, Stephen Cregan, Michael Stewart, plus more. And up front, Daryl Curry, who's a, who is a top man. Brilliant. Thank you, Grant. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thanks for giving us a, an insight into behind the scenes of not only covering matches, but also Scottish football extra and others as well. Good man. Good luck with this.